The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Hello, Providence families. Thank you for listening again to this Family Discipleship Podcast. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of Family Discipleship. And once again, I am joined by our very own Daniel Savage. Daniel, welcome. Uh, Thank you very much, Andy. It's good to be here. Uh, So today we are uh, looking at chapter two of Don Whitney's little book called Family Worship, right? Over the last few weeks, we've been encouraging folks in the church to set aside time, regular time to read the Bible together, to pray together, and to sing together, right? And this chapter is really answering the question, is this a new thing? So Daniel, is this a new thing, family worship? This is not a new thing. Um, in uh, the first chapter, uh, Dr. Whitney goes back and traces through Old Testament, New Testament, uh, the practice of family worship, the responsibility of uh, fathers, parents to pass on the faith. And um, he moves in this chapter through early church history um, and then through the Reformation all the way up to uh, modern day uh, people, uh, leaders in the church who have uh, encouraged people to have regular family worship. Okay. So uh, on page 30, uh, near the beginning of the chapter, he's talking about John Chrysostom, who is considered one of the greatest preachers in the history of the church. And he, this is a quote, urged that every house should be church and every head of a family a spiritual shepherd, remembering the account he must give even for his children. So Daniel, do you think that's true? Our dads or single moms, uh, the heads, the spiritual shepherds of their homes? Yes, I think that is true. I think that's the way uh, God has designed the family um, as um, having a head of the home or someone who's responsible for the direction of the home and uh, the spiritual care within the home. Uh, So yes, I think um, each home has a spiritual leader or shepherd um, and that that is um, the father or a single mom in some cases. But yes, someone is in charge and and will be held responsible. Um, As I think about that though, Andy, what, what do you think what do you think that entails? What what is what is it like to be the spiritual shepherd of a home? Well, um, yeah, I think it it definitely means that you take responsibility for the care of those entrusted to you. Um, I mean, shepherds know their sheep; uh, they know where they're at. They know what influences uh, are coming into their lives. They feed their sheep. Uh, spiritual shepherds feed their flock the words of God. They protect their sheep from danger. So uh, really, it really is like the work of a pastor. I think it's interesting that in 1 Timothy 3, when Paul is talking about the requirements for a man to become an elder, an overseer, or a pastor in the church, he says he must manage his own household well. And the, the logic is that if a man isn't shepherding in his own home, how can he shepherd the household of God, the church? So any other thoughts you have on what it looks like for to be a spiritual leader in your home? I think what you said is a good summary. It's um, uh, 
just a sense of uh, responsibility for uh, caring for the people in your home and not just in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense that you are their caregiver, uh, which means you have to, to know what care they need and, and um, be intentional about applying it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, so uh, over on page 32 uh, near the bottom, he's actually talked about um, Presbyterians and Baptists in England and some of the confessions of faith and how they viewed family worship as so important. They actually mentioned it in their confessions of faith as something that, uh, that, that leaders and homes should do. And uh, he says that they thought family worship so essential for the spiritual health of their families and so indispensable for the souls of their children that any man who dared abandon his family spiritually in this way was to receive church discipline. What do you think about that quote, Daniel? Well, I'm glad that um, we don't practice spiritual discipline over this issue. Um, at this point, that's... Uh, I would have a lot of people out of our churches, I think. I I might have been in trouble a few times. (laughs) Myself Um, as well. But I I think what they're saying, um, and the emphasis is right. I mean, it is uh, indispensable and essential. essential. And I I think it goes back to what we were thinking about last week, where um, you're thinking about the regular deposits of truth and the gospel, um, and just thinking about the way that children need to be trained and admonished, um, that it has to take place in small doses over a long time. And so it just requires this sort of um, regular training uh, and, and a commitment to it. That's right. And I think it also, it's essential and indispensable in a sense, because God is so consequential, right? When we if our spiritual lives as a family only consist of two to three hours a week of church attendance, and then our kids don't see anything else from us throughout the week that says God is great, God is worth your life and your affections and your devotion, then we're actually uh, we're communicating false things about who God is and how important He is in our lives. And so, it's I think that's another reason that this is essential is our kids can't see the greatness and worth of God from us if we don't lead them to center, uh, if we don't lead our families to center ourselves around God and his worth. Does that make sense? It does. And I would add to that that kids are remarkably perceptive um, and they are learning more from us than we can probably imagine or want to imagine. And so, what we're devoting our time to and our conversations and the things that we talk about, it all it is all teaching them about what we prioritize and what we think is important. Right. And um, they are watching for and picking up on inconsistencies, uh, which we all have, yeah. um, and there's grace for that. But th- there are also major themes in our lives that we should pay attention to because they are. Yeah, no, that's really good. We're we are always discipling and training our children. Uh, it's just a question of are we doing it well or not. So uh, on page 33, um, when he's, he's talking about the English Puritans, and there's this sentence in the middle of the page that says, to this end, he must be willing to take time out to learn the faith that he is charged to teach. Right? He's talking about uh, fathers uh, leading, husbands and fathers leading in their homes. And there's actually... Something really important here, uh, 
and thinking about family worship, right? We we do want to say over and over that it can and should be simple. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a theologian to lead your family uh, in family worship. But leading family worship does push us to grow in our own faith and our own knowledge of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts or ideas on how you've seen this play out or, or what it might look like um, in our families here at Providence? Well, yeah, I think um, thinking back to what we were just talking about with the the themes in our lives and the consistency, um, if we're going to lead in family worship and talk about God, uh, it's going to be obvious to our kids uh, whether or not we're talking about something that we care about or something that we're growing in love for and uh, something that we believe in our living, um, it's just going to be obvious to them. And so I think the idea is that we can't pass on something that we don't have. Uh, so we have to uh, strive to uh, pursue God on our own. And, and like you said, it doesn't mean you have to be a pastor or a theologian, but you do have to be someone who is trying to grow in your own love for God. Um by pursuing him in his word and through prayer and uh, growing in faith on your own so that you have faith to pass on, uh, in a sense, to your kids. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Well, he, you know, he, he gives quotes and, and examples from lots of folks kind of throughout church history in this short little chapter. But under the section about Martin Luther, uh, there's this um, this great line. So, you know, there was a season before the Reformation where, uh, most Christians didn't have access to a Bible. And he says, but when the Bible reentered the house, so did family worship. And I think it's just a great picture of if we love the Bible, if the Bible is prominent in our own hearts, in our own lives, then we're going to naturally want to help our kids come and listen to God's word in the scriptures. So, uh, any other thoughts, brother, um, from this chapter or anything you want to just say to encourage families at Providence this week? Um, I just, it's an encur- it really is an encouraging chapter uh, just to think about the legacy of family worship and that it isn't something new. Um, and even though it may be something that many of us uh, didn't grow up with or aren't familiar with, it's not new. It's uh, something that is essential and um I think it's worth us pursuing as a church to try to grow in it and to try to encourage one another to do it. Amen. Amen. Well, may God be our helper. May he uh, help us to trust him to, uh, to lead our families, to worship him in spirit and in truth. Thanks, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.